here's the situation. Assuming you had the time to learn how and time to work at it, what foods would you eat if you had to raise, farm, catch, kill, and butcher everything that you ended up eating? Wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'm Rush Howell. I'm TJ Jagodowski. And this is Here's the Situation. It's a real podcast about hypothetical situations. And this week's theme is war and beefs. War and beefs. War and beefs. Uh, B-E-E-F parentheses S. So it could be beef or beefs. Uh, war and beefs. And um, the way that this uh, podcast works is that TJ and I have both prepared uh, a bunch of situations related to, sometimes loosely related to, the, that theme. And uh, TJ, you have not heard the situations that I'm going to ask you nope. tonight. And I have not heard the ones that you are going to ask me. Nope. I wouldn't even read you that one before we were just about to do it on air so that there would be an honest reaction to it afterwards, Rush. That's right. That's right. Occasionally, I will I will cheat and read you one just to make sure it's okay to start <laughs> with. I have done that in the past, and now you're making me feel bad about that. <laughs> okay. Um, Not my intention. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Um, now... This this one is uh, related to I guess beef. Okay, and so uh, <laughs> I know it is. So here's the situation: uh, there is a meat draft Ooh. between eight people. Yeah, and oh, the, okay. these eight people, like a fantasy draft, but with meat, kind or, of. Okay. That's basically what it's like. All except right. the the kicker is these people when they draft that meat, they can only there's going to be four rounds. We're not going to do all four rounds, don't okay. worry. But there's going to be four rounds, and when you're done, those are the only meats that you can eat for the rest of your life. Okay. Okay? So there's going to be four rounds, and you're not going to... Wow. But you are... By a, the third round, you're, you're, you're down there with the meats, man. There's, probably. There. But the meats are very specific. Okay. Okay? So you don't have to say beef, it's hamburger. It's oh. not fish, it's salmon. Okay. So it's very specific. and gotcha. and. Uh, you, you're not going to have to draft, but what you're going to do, what you are, is you're like the color commentator slash analyst who's going to break down this first round Man. and say what you liked and what you didn't like about the the eight first picks. So I'm keeping an eye out for some reach, you know, like oh, you could have gotten that mid second round. Yeah, and, and these yeah. people prepared. Right. They had like a week to get mm -hmm. ready for the meat draft. But you're an expert, and people like value your opinion. I so followed tuna fish all through college, so I. <laughs> Yeah, I know what kind of pro tune is going to be. You know all about it. <laughs> so here is how the first round went. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, and remember, these are the this is the first, and they're only going to get four each, and that's all they can eat the uh -huh. rest of their life. So the first round went like this: the first pick, yep, went to a guy who took hamburgers. Okay. Yep. The second pick went to another guy who came in with grilled chicken. Okay. The third pick. Went to a woman who chose bacon. Okay. The fourth pick went to a guy who went with fried chicken. Okay. Fifth pick, uh, a lady who took salmon. Sixth pick, another lady who took pork tenderloin. Seventh pick was a guy who went gyro meat. Was that you? It was. <laughs> eighth pick, eighth pick was a lady who finished out the first round with pork chops. Okay. So one more time through, hamburgers, yep. grilled chicken. Bacon, fourth pick fried chicken, fifth pick salmon, then okay. pork tenderloin, gyro meat, and pork chops. Okay. You got to break down that first right. round. And I'm I'm the play by play guy who you know occasionally throws in some of his views as well. But he's like, 
All right, so TJ, we just had a yeah. uh, we just wrapped up the first round. It's been pretty exciting, I gotta say, and uh, uh, we'd like you to take a look and give us your thoughts uh, on on that fast action. Uh, we just had people drafting their favorite meats. Uh, yeah, I don't, I I don't mind that first pick. I, I don't mind that first pick. Uh, it's it's kind of an all purpose. You know, it's a it's a lunch. It's a dinner. It's you know, it can do it can do a lot of things. But it, I also think it's a fairly safe pick. You're not gonna get you're not gonna get bounced from your GM job if you if you take hamburger one overall. Yeah, I enjoy a hamburger. It's a it's a classic a classic item. Uh, what else would you have considered if you were there in the first pick? I I'm stunned. I was gonna say this at the end. I'm shocked. I don't see a single steak on the board. Yeah. I don't see any steak anywhere on the board. I don't see a filet. I don't see I don't see a ribeye. I don't see a porterhouse. I don't see a strip. I, there's no steak on the board, and that stuns me, and I think it's a, an, an enormously glaring error. Okay, so of, of those people, of those people that picked, who who is best positioned to grab a steak on the second half? What is steak going to pair well with? What's it not going to pair well with? Well, I mean— Anyone can benefit from it. I, if I'm pork tenderloin, I'm probably not going to double up on a big on a big steak at that point. If I'm bacon, I'm running for it. If I'm grilled chicken, you have you have your your healthy option taken care of there. So go ahead and get yourself a nice red meat on yep. there. Uh-huh. Uh, if if I'm any of the red meat already, then I'm not going to go with another red meat. But if I'm if I'm bacon, uh, I'm going to do it because bacon you can't. It's it's not a main dish. It's a, it's an add on or it's a side by with egg. So you're gonna need you're gonna need a meal meat there. Um, fried chicken. You already got. Uh, I wouldn't do it if actually I had fried chicken. Salmon. Go ahead. Grilled chicken. Without a doubt. Gyro meat. I don't know what you're doing. Well, I, I don't it, know what. It, you're it doing. We're gonna come back to that. But I gotta tell you, it inter- we did have a quick interview with Shannon Wilson, who was the fifth pick. She took salmon, and she said she was thinking about steak, but because it's a snake draft. Mm-hmm. She knew that there were several steaks still on the board and wanted to go ahead and grab her top fish option at number five. I hear you. And if you're interested in being healthy and you're worried about about your healthy options going away, then you got to get a grilled chicken early. You got to do salmon early. There's going to be some other um, shellfishy shrimp and uh, you know lobster and crab that are going to be out there, but you can't have that as. Were you uh, surprised? No lobster in the first round. I mean, there's not really a. a, a, a I mean, you could get your king crab yeah. or your lobster, but if beyond that. There's not a ton of uh, replacements for lobster. I'm, I'm not. I'm. I'm not stunned that it's not there because it is a luxury. It is a luxury item. Yeah, I want to have lobster every day. Right, without a doubt. And so I would go. You know, forgive the pun for a real meat and potatoes meat on on my first round. We're gonna have the potato draft <laughs> next Wednesday, everybody. That's a nice plug for the potato. draft. All Groton is still one on that. Oh, right? number one, number for one. sure. If it doesn't go number one, you're, there's gonna be hell to pay for me. That's potatoes for sure. O'Brien is dropping like a rock. Oh, right forget now. Forget about that. French fries number two, uh, Grotten number one. Anyway, uh, talk to me about what did you think? What what pick in the bottom four of the first uh, round were you pretty excited? Where you thought that was a pretty good pickup to get so late? I'm 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 really nice with pork chops there at eight. You know, okay. I think pork chops is a is a real a real nice standard. You know, a real nice standard quality meat. You can do some things with it. Um, here's here's the thing: is like your grilled chicken. You can pair with a lot of a lot of side options. You can no, no you know, do a it. lot of like a lot of super versatile the grilled chicken. Absolutely, you can do a lot of veggies on the side more so than a fried chicken. I think a fried chicken determines the meal a little bit more than a grilled chicken does. Absolutely, um, but you can make it a sandwich. Of course, you can go sandwich or regular mm-hmm. fried, but it's a limited. Yeah, and then whether you're going bone in or or not with the pork chops, I think you can still you still have some nice latitude with that pork chop. Pick. That's fair. And to pick that up at eight, I think was a nice pick. If it's you and you're. Uh, you're Mary Davis. You got that eighth pick. Mm-hmm. 
What are you what are you taking now with the ninth pick to go with your pork chops? Because you know she's coming right back with the ninth pick, right, first pick of the a, second round. That's a great call. I'm going to come back with shrimp right off right off back there. A little surf and turf. It's and it's a real different, you know, like it's it's a different flavor. It's a different taste. Again, you can do a lot of stuff with it. You can grill it. You can be in. It can be in. You know, Asian dishes. It can be in. You know, a lot of different stuff. You can be in. Um, you know, uh, just. Straight up fried, coconutted. Yeah. There's a lot of things you can do with it. Teriyaki. I'm coming back with yeah. shrimp. Now that's one there. of your problems with that with that kind of wild lamb gyro meat pick mm-hmm. at the seventh slot. Is it's just not that bonkers. versatile. It's bonkers. It's not that versatile. You're gonna put it in. You got some shawarma. You could do yeah. like uh, you, you could do uh, uh, you know all sorts of kind of Mediterranean dishes, but and Greek dishes. But you're you're gonna be eating a lot and, of gyros. And I tried to bone up a little bit for for this draft by digging into my digging into my meat knowledge. Oh yeah. What exactly? What exactly? is it it's it's lamb plus i think it's pretty much uh that's gonna be lamb okay then why does it look like it does like it like it's an amalgam like it's uh like dropped into a a mold and then sat on a pike why doesn't it look like we gotta get our lamb guy out here the we call him professor lamb uh, but, uh, you know, he'll be back. He'll be out here for the third round. We could ask him all those right. questions. Those I, are all fair questions. I got to tell you, I, you know, I love a good Euro. Yeah. I love it. Oh, but, I know you uh, do. I'm not sure. You taking it at one as much as you've... I'm not going to. No. Okay. No, I, you know, I actually, I liked the hamburger decision, and that's what I would have gone with. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, just recently... Hamburger TJ, and cheeseburger, same, oh, same thing, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the same. Cheese is not a beat, my okay, friend. Okay, great. So, uh, yeah, when I was... Uh, just recently, I went on a bit of a binge in terms of eating cheesesteaks. I love a cheesesteak. Oh, I great. mean, I got to tell you, I love a cheesesteak. Uh, and, you know, you can't... If if I if I get a good cheesesteak, you can't get it out of my hands. You know what I mean? For the, for the sake of the draft, what are we calling that? A shaved... Cheesesteak. Cheesesteak. Yeah, just call it okay. cheesesteak. You know, it's very specific. But I had about five cheesesteaks... In about four days, you know, I really went bananas ordering cheesesteaks. And I got to say that uh, by the fourth one, I was like, you've had too many cheesesteaks in too short a period of time. And on the fifth one, I was like, I'm probably not eating a cheesesteak for about a year. So I will say that, you know, you got to be careful. And that's why I like your point about the grilled chicken. Mm -hmm. It's got a lot of variety. You could cook it a lot of different styles. A hamburger. I can probably eat a hamburger. Twice a week, the rest of my life, mm-hmm. with no problem, except for the heart attack yeah. and other health-related concerns. <laughs> but, you know, that's all good to me. Now, what did you think of, you know, there's so many fish available. Yeah. So I want two quick questions. First yep. is, with respect to salmon going as the top fish, do you yep. like that or you do, you do not like it? And secondly, do you maybe wait on a fish in t- because, you know, there's going to be a run on fish at some point. Yeah. But do you maybe wait and make sure you can get one of the red meats before those are all gone? If you're going to go with a fish, salmon's the, salmon's the one you got to take. The Salmon's the one you got to take You high. like those omega fatty acids. Well, and if you like it, you like it. And they, Because once you fall out of salmon, you're falling into a lot of whitefish. You're oh, falling yeah. into a haddock. You're falling into That's scrod. Right. You're falling into halibut. It's a lot of similar white flaky fish. That's why he's the best color so commentator in the, it, ga- in the game salmon. of the meat trap. Because you're basically saying, and I'm not sure I disagree, that, that the difference between salmon and the other fish is as big, if Absolutely. not greater, than the difference between the fish and the meats. Absolutely. So by getting salmon, uh, so you love that pick there at number five. I think it's the right fish. I think it's the right fish to pick uh, in the first round. In the top four picks, if, if there's one that stands out to you as Maybe a stretch in the top four because those were all pretty down the middle. Yeah. But you know, it, which one would you say? Hey, hold your horses. The, the stretch is bacon. It's a fad pick. It's a it's a fad pick, and bacon's never been hotter than it was maybe 
a year ago, maybe yeah. two years ago. You say hot bacon, you get me excited. I yeah, tell you. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. And I know many people are that way. You can't, you can't have it just itself and a, and a, and a veggie next to it. It's not. It's not. I hear you. I mean, and you're the expert, but I gotta tell you. I'm going to push back a little bit because mm-hmm. you just said, and I thought it was a great point, that you need a little bit. Uh, you got to grab the things that are high variance. that are a lot different than mm-hmm. everything else. Now, there is a sausage, and the sausage is pretty darn mm-hmm. similar to bacon. And somebody's going to get a late sausage, and they're going to be happy that they got that. Someone's going to get a bratwurst bacon in the third really round, and they're going to be brat, yep. Absolutely. Now, a brat's a little more specific. You mm-hmm. use bacon a lot more often. But- a grilled cheese with bacon, mm-hmm. that's a standalone sandwich. Sure. A bacon, lettuce, and tomato, a famous yep. sandwich. And, you know, you could also just you throw a side of bacon into an otherwise dish. I think you got a lot of bacon. You said it there, though, a side of bacon. It is. It, it's it's an add-on. It's at the end of the menu when it says extra for mushroom, right. onion, bacon. I hear you. And, and but I do you change your mind because so much steak is left? Because now now that 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 uh, that lady's going to get to pick yeah, a steak. Yeah, I, no I understand. Problem. And bacon might, I don't, I don't know where bacon's going to go, but it's it's the uh, it's the detailing on yeah. the automobile, and I got to worry about my chassis Now, the first. good news is nobody can hear you. We're in a soundproof booth, mm-hmm. or they're in a soundproof mm-hmm. booth. We're not. We're, uh, <laughs> we got whatever sound we want. We're, we're sound uh, receptive. We're sound tolerant <laughs> up here. But- Give me one meat you expect to get drafted that you think is going to be a big error. Just one that you kind of know. You see it a mile away. Someone's going to make the error and and plop down and get stuck with a meat that they really shouldn't have as one of their four meats the rest of their life. So what is someone? Someone's going to go out there. Someone's got. Oh, if 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 squab goes. Oh, if squab goes, that person should be hospitalized at that point. If if anyone touches. If anyone touches squat. What about quail? Qu- equal up. Same. Yeah. Same. Yeah. I, I got to agree with you. Bony, skinny, I, little little game meat. No. Yeah. The one I had in mind, yeah. it, the one, it should not go, but it will, is duck. Yo, Somebody's oh, yeah. going to take a duck. Yeah. They shouldn't do it. I mean, there's mm-hmm. a lot of great stuff still out there. You got your shrimp. I'm not personally a big lobster fan. I'm not a big king crab fan, mm-hmm. but those are going to go, of course. Uh, you got your scallops. I would do that. That would be my, that would be my absolute next move, personally. Hop right on scallop. You get the scallop because, yep. again, hard to recreate the scallop mm-hmm. situation. So you got your pork chop. You're going to back it up with the scallop yep. when the next pick. Let's go down and see what happens. <laughs> that was that was, I, oh, that was delightful. And I almost jumped right into mine when you were talking about uh, how close to real was you having a bunch of cheesesteaks lately. That was true. Okay, good. I mean, it was not, it was like two months ago. Okay. And I, I don't know if I had five in four days, but I did, I ordered it for dinner three nights in a row. <laughs> and then on a, a Saturday, I got it for lunch and then I got it again for dinner. Great. And that was we'll, a terrible we'll use, decision. We'll use that as the lead in, as the lead in. This was several, this was this. like three months, <laughs> three and a half months ago. And then I've, I've been trying to eat a little bit better. Are you, are you familiar with the, the film, The Great Outdoors? Oh yeah. Okay. So John Candy takes on the ninety sixer. Oh yeah. The old ninety sixer. Right? I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we we talked about that nonstop <laughs> as children. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I'm and I'm guessing when you take on you know you have the ninety six or whatever the first whatever eighteen ounces of that is pretty 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 pleasurable. And then at some point, I, I guess I should say for anyone who hasn't seen it, I'm sure you're all familiar with with the trope, even like in Man versus Food, of it's a massive amount of food, and if you finish it all, you get it for free, or you get a T-shirt or your picture up on right. up on the wall. Get the whole thing free. And I imagine for for most of these, a certain amount of it is like, oh, this is delicious. This I love an ice cream sundae. You know, like so the first two scoops and and all the and all the flavorings is is pretty is pretty pleasant. At some point, it has. To, 
that has to turn. The worm turns. Cool. I mean, so, it's six pounds. Yes. Steak. It's absurd. So here's the situation, Rush. I'm going to name some items or activities that you have previously stated a like or love for. And I'd like you to try and place the point at which it turns from a pleasurable pursuit into low-level torture. Love it. So on the 96er, uh, it's it, uh, just to make sure I understand it, yep. I'm using it as, a, as an example. On the 96er, I probably enjoy 16 ounces of the steak. Yep. Uh, the next seven or eight is a slog, and then it's and then it's punishment Great. from Great. there on. So you place that's what I'm trying to do. Yep. Okay. You can you you place basically the fulcrum or the fulcrums as to where it tips Perfect. from. Like this was fun. This ain't so much fun no more. Got it. Cool. Um. So, Rush, the first one is alcoholic beverages um, within a given time frame. Let's say you have to have one or more an hour, and you are allowed to have a meal in there somewhere. And we're talking about how many hours or how many I would want per um, hour? Let's say how many hours of of imbibing booze. Oh, God. Um, well, I always think of it this way, like drinks in a night. Uh, it's... My problem is four drinks for me is perfect. Mm -hmm. That's going to get me buzzed. I'm going to feel like, you know, nice and kind of relaxed. And then the next day I'm not going to be hurting too bad. Uh, But the problem for me is when I have the fourth one, then I want the fifth and sixth. Mm -hmm. And and six is a bad number. And then obviously higher than six often causes a rough day the next day. Um, Maybe I'll just do that as my answer. Okay, great. How about consecutive hours gambling, Rush? And I want to rule out a huge windfall or a bust in there as as well. Uh, so the longest I would ever gamble was was playing poker. Uh, that I could do for a very, very long time. And multiple times I played more than uh, 20 hours straight. No kidding, 20. Yeah. Wow. Um, but by then I would be like on a lot of like Red Bulls. Uh-huh. Or Diet Cokes, and it would start to feel pretty uncomfortable. But I, I would say um, I, I like to go. I, I like to go gambling for like four hours. Okay. However, I'm not totally sure that there's a a time at which I would say it's an, a not a pleasurable experience as long as I'm like kind of winning until honestly like 15, 16 hours. Okay. But if you said like what's a good amount of time, I'd say four hours. All right. How about um, hours playing tennis, um, assuming a um, engaging competitive match? Yeah. So I, if I'm in good shape, um, I would love to play in a pretty, you know, non 90 degree situation. Um, I love to play 90 minutes to two hours. And at three hours, I'm like, this is too much. This is Okay. It, and I'm talking about that's that's singles, doubles I could do much longer uh but usually for me it's i start sweating so much and and god three over three hours is too much okay um and you can pick you can pick your preference here cheeseburgers gyros cheese toast um whatever it is and give me your answer in in weight i guess uh so i would say basically uh, it's pleasurable for me to 1.5 um, restaurant portions. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I have a pretty good sense that that's true, and it becomes it becomes 
non-pleasurable, but also I have a, I have this stupid thing that a lot of people like, especially fat people tend to say is like, well, I grew up with the clean your plate club, which Uh I did, you know, you had to. And so I usually won't just kind of toss food unless it's unusual. With that said, with 1.5 being the point to which it's still pleasurable, if you go, if you're going to have like, if you're going to grab grub and take it home, are you getting two gyros then? Because, you know, you're good at 1.5, you just get the one. Well, I get the one, but then I I get some side, you know, I'll get like, I always have two large, if, if left to my own device, again, like if I'm trying to eat better, then I'm, everything's smarter. But if I'm in one of those like periods where I'm just like, Hey, I'm going to eat whatever I want. Mm-hmm. I'll get a Euro, but I'll get mozzarella sticks on the side. Mm-hmm. So I, you know, and, and that's usually a little too much food, but I'm, I'm okay. Um, but I often eat just past the point of kind of enjoyment. And then that one is a very fast cliff. Yeah. So like, okay, let's, let's talk about like uh, a 14 inch long cheesesteak. I really enjoy it for like nine and then at twelve, I'm like, no, 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 God, I feel, I'm starting to feel sick. So it's very quick how, how fast that falls off a cliff. Any more of those? Nope, that was it. Okay, that was those it. were fun. Uh, let me see if I can give you a couple, just just because I like those. Um, how long would you like to go uh, throw the baseball around? And before you're like, oh, that was too much. Just if it's, um, is it just throwing or is it like hitting and fielding all it, and all of it? Kind uh, of a baseball practice stuff. Again, assuming a non, non like assuming a, like a seventy degree day. Um, it, once it gets over three hours, I'm I'm basically too sore to really enjoy it. I wish I could go longer, but I could shag flies. Probably of all of the baseball related activities, being in the outfield catching fly balls, I could do that for a long time and and love it. How long is like you're like it's just it's this is too much I'm tired of this petting your dog. Ooh, she gets tired much much sooner than I than I do. She of just kind of wanders off. Yeah, Josephine will will leave. But I've sat with um with a uh you know a uh, willing dog for an hour and a half and I didn't get tired of it. Uh, especially if I'm, but that I have to kind of be doing something else. If I'm like watching TV, but I also get to pet a dog, I could do that for. Uh, probably again, like three hours, and still and and enjoy that the whole time. It's very soothing to me. It's very like self, you know. Me- it's meditative or, or self soothing, I guess. Is uh, how about performing an improv show? I've done twenty four hours, and that was more than enough. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that went through all sorts of waves of pleasurable, yeah. non pleasurable, absolutely despising, uh, embarrassing it, and everyone else. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> losing your mind entirely coming back into the reality yeah and in other ways like so so i can do that and and the majority of that the majority of that was was pleasant you know um um but like the show i most had most regularly done was with dave and it's and it's weird like because the sometimes the fall off of that can be pretty quick of like this is a blast and we have a pretty inset time as to like what about 50 minutes feels like, which is about our show. Um, so it can be like, this is awesome. This is awesome. Like, uh Oh, there goes an out. That was an out. And now we're at an hour and four and it's starting to feel long, but only because like some outs, you know, already passed, already passed by, but with a, like an engaging thing, probably with it, you know, with a cast where you're also getting to observe and get tickled by your friends too, where you're not necessarily like working at that moment in a scene, then, um, like that, that length that Armando used to be two acts and close to two hours, I would say, right. First act was 45 to 50. I think it's about as long as you'd want to go. Yeah. 
And, and, and I think anything more than that is way too much to expect of the people watching, and yeah. that's going to be diminishing returns for everybody at that point. Good. All right. Well, fun. I liked that concept there. <clears throat> All right, TJ. Uh, here's the situation. All right. You are um, you're going through. Uh, you wake up from uh, a coma mm-hmm. where you uh, need to get like re- uh, reacclimated to a bunch of stuff that you missed while you were gone. And one thing that you find that's interesting is you read um, three or four advertising slogans okay. for uh, a particular product. Uh, um, this is kind of a ham-fisted way, but you'll see where we're going. Okay. So where's the beef is what made me think of this. Okay. The very famous Wendy's campaign, yeah. where's the beef? Very Clara successful Peller. campaign. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you three uh, fake... <laughs> <laughs> advertising mm-hmm. uh catchphrases slogans campaigns whatever you want to call these things and then i want you to tell me what product you think those were for <laughs> okay great so i'm going to give you for each of these we'll do three and then you'll tell me of those three uh what you think it what you think it would be okay so here's the first one the first campaign slogan was own the conversation <laughs> that's a great that's a very nice phrase man nice that's job. the second one for the same product okay. different campaign you know look because mcdonald's has i'm loving it and then also mm-hmm. you know a bunch of different ones i don't know why i can't think <laughs> of other mcdonald's ones, but um so the first one was own the conversation yep. the second is a kick when you need it most okay and the third is make your friends jealous okay this is a motorcycle okay it's a motorcycle because, like, um, you know, if 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 you're everyone's talking like, hey, what do you drive? What do you drive? You you driving like I drive that? Then right. you like own you own the conversation cool. at that point. And everyone's gonna be like, tell me about your bike. You know, um, what was the second one? I know they all fit in my mind. Uh, um, a kick when you need it most. That, pretty self explanatory, yeah, you know. For sure. And literally, you know, shots of like the you know kickstarting the the bike and yep. stuff like that. And the last one was? Make your friends jealous. Absolutely. Yeah, it's a motorcycle. Kick-ass motorcycle. Like an old uh, um, Indian Scout motorcycle. Company. I like it. I think it's definitely kind of a, a showy luxury product. Maybe like a big diamond. I like that you uh-huh. went with motorcycle. I think that's great. Okay. Uh, we're going to do like four of these total. Love it. Here's the next one. Again, three sayings. The first one is everything and the kitchen sink. Okay. Second one is the last place you'll ever go. And the third one was more, try most. Okay, yeah. This is this is pretty. This is um uh like a sandals kind of a thing, you know? I mean, uh, not the not the shoe, the The resort? Yes. It's it's a it's a large kind of multiple um location resort got it. so they have a place in the bahamas they got, got a place it. in the virgin islands they got a place like um you know out in the pacific but yeah those that's it's for it's for a resort hotel kind of all-inclusive kind of joint i like it i like that's great i think the last place you'll ever go is terrible copy right <laughs> it's like a coffin maker i don't know what i don't know what you do that in my mind that was this was like some sort of like walmart type right. thing but uh i like saying it's like the last place you'll ever go or need to, you know. Like, <laughs> oh, yeah, no, yeah. I, I, I get it. I just think they should tweak that a little <laughs> yeah. bit to be like, you know, the last place you'll need to go. I don't be, know. Because you'll be happy to die here. Yeah, you know? like, <laughs> basically. Okay, uh, next one. Um, You don't forget perfection. Oh, nice. Get it right the only time. Okay. And excuses are for losers. Ooh, okay. Um, This is for like Mont Blanc pens. 
Ooh. Yeah, it's for a, uh, and it's like images of like signing, like signing a, a contract or like, uh, you know, uh, uh, signing on the X of a mortgage or whatever. Okay. Like it's, it's a pen meant for important occasions um, and like um, an important letter, an official document, that kind of thing. I see that definitely working on you don't forget perfection yep. and get it right the only time. How's, how, what was the excuses are for losers? That was campaign? the stretch one. That was, yeah. that seemed, that was more when they were trying to push it into like, oh, this is also good for the office and for signing big deals and, you know, and getting them to, to sign on the dotted line. It Ooh, was, I got it. Maybe you could do this. <laughs> Maybe you could do, you know how sometimes people don't have a pen on them. Uh-huh. So you could do like the, oh, right. you could do the commercial where the, the person like is like searching the, and searching yeah. and they can't come and sign. And then the other guy just always has his Mont Blanc yeah. and he goes down <laughs> and he puts his John Hancock on it. And, and the other guy's like, oh, it was in my bag. Excuses are for losers. <laughs> did Ma- you, Mont did, Blanc. Did you have one for that? Did you no. answer these in your head or no? no, no okay. No. I, some of them naturally did. That uh-huh. one I had, I had no idea. <laughs> That yeah. was the stretchiest of the. The last one was the the stretchiest of yeah. the, the the fits for the pen. No, but I like uh, get it right the only time. <laughs> Mont Blanc, uh, and this one was my favorite of these four. I want to know what this product is. I don't know what it is. Okay, uh, the past now presents the future. Oh, okay. Little pun on present yeah. there. The evolution of evolution. Okay, and each day better than the last. So again, the past now presents the future. Yep. The evolution of evolution. Yep. And each day better than the last. Yeah, this is a uh, farmer's co-op that delivers green vegetables to your door. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. How yeah. does that how does that work exactly? <laughs> well, the past now presents the future is like they they're like a non-GMO, a like a hydroponic, you know, they're using like responsible growing things and stuff so it's like the past of how it used to be done okay but also showing you how this is going to be have to be done in the in the future under you know like more more um challenging um climate you know circumstances perhaps uh the evolution of evolution they they have like i also picture like there's like they also have like that kind of like half broccoli, half cauliflower. Okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I'm surprised these guys could afford <laughs> this ad agency, but you know, because these are some some classy phrases. And what was the got. last one? Uh, the last one was uh, "each day better than the last." Yeah, and you're, that's you're, just yeah, like healthy, earth, healthy yeah. and healthy. Uh, my, healthy my, living. <laughs> in my mind, as I read <laughs> them this time, uh, flying cars. Okay, it was like <laughs> nice. it was like the flying cars. <laughs> nice. Okay, TJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, Here's the situation. Uh, you get one of those memory erasing devices like in Men in Black. Okay. Except uh, when you hit the button, the only thing that this thing is capable of erasing is all of humankind's knowledge and memory of a specific game. Meaning oh, not like a, okay. the Red Sox Yankees 1998 game. I'm talking about like a, a, a board game, a okay. card game, a, um, a computer game, a video game. Uh, some game that that you just absolutely hate. What made me think of this is War. Okay, uh-huh, right. so War is also a card yeah. game, and I think it's just a it's like a terrible game. And my theory on why War even exists is people were like, "It's go make the kids play a game that will never end." Yeah, it's basically impossible to win a game of War. It takes forever to kind of get there. The rules are very simple, and you're just like, "Children, go away, yeah. play War." Terrible game. So. You you get to erase, let's say, three games, mm-hmm. and uh, 
They're just gone. You don't have to worry. No one's ever going to make you play them. Nobody's ever going to make anybody else play them again. What games are you looking to get rid of? Uh, Tic-Tac-Toe can go F itself. Yeah, not even a game. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. W- whatever it is, I don't, I don't no, know. No, yeah. it's a totally fair answer. People call it a game all the time. Don't, uh, don't want it, it is go- It's garbage. It's it's easily solved, right? Yeah. Um, what else never... You know what I'm going to get rid of just for the um, the 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 kind of like baked in dickish nature of it is uh sorry. Okay, it can go. It go go. By the way, I would not get rid of tic tac toe because it's a good way to teach uh, the concept of a solvable game. But uh, uh, I hear you. Then then start them on a tiny Connect Four board or something like that, you know, or just do like Connect Four, but you only got to do three. I'm getting rid of Connect Four, so don't worry. <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. I, I like. Kinda, I actually like Connect Four. I I never really I never really uh like you know came around to enjoy Connect Four, but I realize it's like oh because it's just tic tac toe, but like one more spot. <laughs> yeah, and right. tic tac toe is the real villain here. Yeah. Um. No, they're not great games. And then. Any, uh, I gotta keep, even though I don't. I, there was a time I enjoyed him as a kid, but I don't enjoy any uh, anymore. The um, like spelling, like Boggle and Scrabble and stuff, like the, those those have lost any uh, any affection from me. But I understand their 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 real v- validity. Um, uh, Candyland, you gotta have those kind of starter games for for kiddos to get the sense of it. Those that uh, shoots and ladders, you gotta keep that stuff. Monopoly's too ingrained in society. Risk is too is too righteous. I love Boggle. I hate that you just get rid of Boggle. It's no, I didn't. I'm leaving, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm leaving it. Oh, I'm I'm leaving it. I haven't gotten rid of I haven't gotten rid of uh, anything after Tic Tac Toe. And sorry. And sorry. Um, go ahead. Let me know. What, let me know what you're going to get rid of and might jog something in my brain. Okay, uh, I would get rid of Monopoly first and foremost. Okay. It's a terrible game, and it's the game that we use to teach kids board games. And I think it's a reason why people play less games than. I think they should. And it's just the mechanics are awful. Every, everything about it is terrible. Like there's a there's a great lecture that this guy named Richard Garfield who invented a card game called Magic Gives where he talks about like the axes of 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 skill versus luck and people make a mistake of thinking like you know games are either uh no luck and all skill or all skill and no luck. But but rather there's four corners you can be in. You can be a game that has no luck and no skill that's tic-tac-toe which richard garfield would say that's not a game Mm. if it doesn't have luck or skill because the skill that's required in tic-tac-toe you can learn in 20 seconds okay right always always go to the middle second and you can't lose uh then there's games that are all uh luck and no skill those do exist so candyland Monopoly, in my opinion, is basically that people will argue with me, but uh, it's ridiculous. Like, there's no strategy. You buy everything you land on. It's, you know, mathematically demonstrated to be correct. So the only strategy is like trading. And there, if you want to play like a trading game, there's millions of great ones instead of Monopoly. But anyway, so that's Candyland, Monopoly, those type of games. Um, those sort of games should never last more than like 10 or 15 minutes. I hear you. Right. And Monopoly, the worst thing about it is like a four or five hour game. Then there are games that are all skill, no luck. There are very few of those, but like Go, Chess, those type of games. I think those games are, um, you know, they're obviously great, but it, it takes a certain type to want to play them mm-hmm. because it's too punitive. I mean, it's too, it, it's hard to not be able to blame anything on luck. I think it just creates like a bad, a bad vibe, right? If you beat me <laughs> in chess 
I can't, you know, it's like the human nature. We need an excuse, right? We need to think we can come back and get <laughs> You can't back. just go right to the admission of like, oh, I'm worse right. than that right. person. Now there's a certain type that of course <laughs> that loves those games and, and they, they, you know, they're, they're well designed. I mean, it's impressive, but then my favorite games are games that are high luck and high skill. So if you think about poker, hungry, hungry hippos, for example, <laughs> I would say no, yeah. no on the hungry, hungry hippos. <laughs> but anyway, I get rid of monopoly. Um, I would get rid of, uh, I, I didn't even I didn't even think necessarily beyond Monopoly. I, I came up with my last, by the way. Okay. Um, partially because it um, reinforces a ridiculously old and outdated stereotype. Okay. And also because I think if I remember playing this game once or twice, it was basically Go Fish, but they just repackaged it. Old Maid can go <laughs> can go fall down a well somewhere. Right. Old Maid is out. No video game made it in your consideration. No, I, I mean there those was, are easier to avoid. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't wish to go back to the time of the twenty six hundred, but at the time, it was, you know, it was, it was too enjoyable for me to think of one offhand that I would. I mean, combat was wasn't the best, but uh, the the game they give you with the package isn't usually going to be the best one they got. Yeah, that'd be bad marketing. Yeah. Um. All right, Rush. I got one for you, and this is the one I was most excited about asking you about because I, I I feel like this is somehow suited to your brain the best. So here's the situation. You are hired by the Geneva Convention to write a proposal for war replacement, uh, for war replacement. So instead of killing each other, they ask you to create a list of competitions, contests, challenges for which the warring nations can pick their best and brightest competitors. Does that does that make sense so far? Yes. So what are some of the contests that would be included in your war replacement proposal? Hmm. Yeah, interesting. Um, I do like that concept. It's gonna be hard to come up with stuff. I, I think I do think kind of the concept of like war games is is interesting. So I could see saying, look, rather than ra- rather than you know actually <laughs> conduct this and have the loss of life. Why don't we agree that you'll take, you know, five of your greatest strategists, we'll take five of our greatest strategists, and then you'll you'll use, like, a, a, a number of people. We'll agree that you get a number of people and we get a number of people that's roughly equivalent, uh, or roughly scalable to what your population advantage or my population advantage okay. in terms of the military would be. Geared for whatever technology each yeah. side has or what have you. Right, and have some, like, cheats and stuff for that. Yeah. Or adjustments for that. And then conduct, like, a military simulation. Okay. Either on a computer or with, like, capture you know flag capture the flag type stuff and part of your your proposal might be developing that that game or the constructs of that game right gotcha great so so either like a very highly complex military strategy computer simulation like a flight simulator except for for war tactics right Uh um or like basically like a larp type situation where you you have (laughs) um you, you know it's uh, people maybe with paintball or maybe with like flags or something or whatever like that um, that you do because uh, you know the, my first thought is simulate the actual war but but get rid of the casualties right um, seems good 
I'm always I'm just always down for like a a decathlon, like a life decathlon. Yeah. So, and that's part of where my head was going too, I think when I was trying to answer this. Yeah, so I love a thing where you pick 10 events and and what what I would say is, you know, there's there's a list of like 100 events. Yep. And then what you do is you go and you have a draft. So, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's us against North Korea and <laughs> They get to go pick one of the events, then we pick two, then they pick two, and then you know we end up with the decathlon. Right. So you get to you get to try to figure out which ones are your strengths. I also like the idea though, and I've done this before, uh, where I made made two people compete like in a decathlon like this for, um, uh, and and then I gave <laughs> you them made two people. Yeah, yeah. It was like the win- no. the winner no. got like a huge advantage in our in our all sports fantasy. This league. is why so many of your scenarios have this like rich billionaire who just oh, yeah, takes yeah. people and pits them against yeah, each the other. You know? billionaire, yeah. <laughs> but so um, so what I did in that is they each had advisors. So the advisors oh, okay. had to be the ones without consulting with the people and pick the uh, the different events. Oh wow! So like one guy picked. Um, <laughs> Eat a, eat a sleeve of saltines as fast as you can. And his guy was like, thank God. I am so good at eating saltines. And he didn't know. So maybe your allies, you know, you, you, you head to a war. It's like it's like heading to a duel, right? Where you right. have, I forget the name of the guy that, that is your like kind of. Your like, second. Yeah, I your think. second yeah. to the duel. So here it would be like you get a couple allies and they go in and they draft <laughs> what, you know, and they try to pick stuff that the U.S. will be better in North Korea or vice versa or whatever. So I love like kind of a decathlon yeah. type type challenge. Um, you know, I love like a I, I love like a massive high scale, high stakes scavenger hunt, like uh-huh. a ready player one type situation where you've got like, you, you know, the whatever the billions of dollars of value or whatever was in ready player one. Uh, but you know, if you haven't read that book or don't know about it, but the, the point is just some sort of like elaborate, you know, treasure hunt where um, some okay. neutral country designs it. They get like their engineers to put it together and it's like gotta be a mix of brains and brawn and everything else. And so they, they put all that together and then you get to put pit a team of, say, uh, a dozen folks from your country that have skills in different areas. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you go in and, and you hope that those skills match up to the challenges that are put before them. Yeah. But it's basically, you know, think of a massive obstacle course almost or something like that. But but it's – and whoever gets to, you know, the MacGuffin, you know, the the prize at the yeah. end, they're, they're deemed the winner of the war. Yeah. Those are three ideas. I had I had one that was kind of like basically came down to like okay, well, which of your societies deserves it the most? Like, uh-huh. who's creating better citizens, and who's like who's who's more worthy, basically, as a nation? And so there were elements of it that were like art, uh, knowledge, athleticism, also like how they treat their elderly, their their you know, prisoners, their, you know, their animals, that it was some sort of like large, wide scale, multifaceted competition that not only did you choose like, uh, if, you know, for the athletic portion or the artistic portion, you're most gifted, but there was also a, a you know, of like, we're also choosing a hundred people at random from your countries to also participate yeah. in all of these, you know, all of these, uh, uh, events I do- so that there was some sort of, um, at random, like reading of like, basically this is pretty close to what like 
all of our citizens of this country are equipped yeah. to equipped to do. But it was it was something something like that. I, I like that idea of uh, choosing random people. Um, it's as as a better reflection, you know. So mm-hmm. m- maybe it's like you get a pool of some selected people and and then some random people. I think my mind always goes to things that are more quote unquote objective. Uh huh. Um, when right. I'm thinking about like, because I'm 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 all, I'm like, what's the most fair way? Uh, to try to kind of resolve it, and I usually think of like more objective terms because, as you describe your your concept there, it's it's going to be it's going to be very subjective as to what is a better society, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have your views of it, I have my views of it. They they probably largely overlap. Someone else will have totally different views, and so you know it would turn into a um, you know, w- which is the best society in in TJ's view, right? Which you know may or may not be the prevailing view on certain things. Maybe you'd have to have like randomly selected, uh, like a group of like 5,000 randomly selected judges from around the world. Yeah. You know, pick from, pick from countries either. I mean, obviously you're going to have some that already have affiliations with some of those nations and some that already have, you know, but maybe through randomness, you could try and like when randomness and widespread, you could try and rule that out. Would any of yours rush in, uh, in light of what you were saying about games, would any of your competitions in this have elements of luck involved or would those when you're saying like a more objective gauge would luck have to be ruled out of something like that or is luck a part of war well it is certainly a part of war uh right like weather can Mm -hmm. can completely ruin uh especially in in the old days right um but no i think i would try to minimize luck okay i I don't think you can ever like eliminate luck like there's always more luck than you think there's going to be um but I, I would try to minimize it for the same reasons, you know, that I kind of just talked about. And I do think that, um, you know, you think about a game like Civilization, right? Your Civilization gets a score, and it's based on kind of your your concept would fit pretty well into like a, a Civ type simulator, uh-huh. where you're like, how is your culture score? How is your, how happy are your people? All right. that sort of stuff. So that makes sense to me. I just I just wouldn't want to. I, I would feel. Uh, uh, concerned about trying to be the arbiter of what is the best looking society. Right. This is Western values and Eastern values. Yep. And, and yeah, I hear you. Okay. So uh, maybe I'll do one more here and then we'll come back to where we Sounds perfect. started. Okay. Uh, here's the situation. Yes. You have to go on drunk history. You know, the show drunk history. I do. Okay. And in the show drunk history, a person goes on and they tell a story about something uh, from history while they get drunk and they have to, you know, do their best. But of course they get drunk, like quite drunk. And so they struggle to get the facts right and so forth and so on. Um, but for, because we're in war and beefs, um, you have to talk about something related to war. Uh, what's your topic? Uh, and or if you don't have a topic that you could cover, give me an aspect of war that you find interesting that you'd be you'd want to kind of spend some time talking wow. about. I, uh, man, I'm, I'm, I'm so dippy on history. I've always been dippy on history. Um, I would probably, I don't know. I'm not quite sure why this guy has been interesting to me for so long, but I would probably try, and this is not, this does not reflect any 
um, any political uh, vision that I hold or, or view that I hold. But um, the idea of Edwin Rommel's um, military military um, history really intrigues me. The idea of um, and I don't know. I, I, I'm assuming they called him the, the Desert Fox because he fought in the desert. Oh yeah, my North guess. African. Yeah, yeah, and tank warfare. In the desert always sounded really odd and interesting okay. to me. And the fact that he was either undefeated until El Aleman, I believe, or was undefeated for, for life. But he, it was also the story of like, guys, never been beat, never been beat, never been beat. And then here we go. Um, so maybe that that aspect of it. Also, my grandfather fought in World War II in northern northern Africa and then went up through Sicily Salerno and was shot and injured quite quite badly at Anzio when Patton was taking I think the the direct wow. the direct route and Montgomery the uh, they had fallen in the, the Americans had fallen in with the British and were going with Montgomery like the long way the long way around um so I think that might be what right. what I would but as far as what I have the most knowledge on, probably World War II in general, just because it seems like it's one of the more taught ones. Yeah. Um, the Civil War is just a bummer all the way But you got to come up around. with a pretty specific story. So I think it would be, yeah, that makes sense. You'd try yeah. to talk about the, Edwin Rommel, the, the history of the, of the undefeated. Or, yeah. 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 I, I like think it. that would be it. Fun. What about you? Uh, I would like you to commit to play. <laughs> I bought a game called Rommel in the Desert, which is a highly rated For real? Um, war game. That I think takes a few hours to play, and I bought it 17 years ago, and I haven't unwrapped it. Did you really? Yeah. No kidding. So it's sitting in plastic wrap in my game cabinet. Okay. And I would, we should play one time. Okay. Because then you could, you know, learn a little bit about Rommel in the Desert. Hot diggity dog. All right. What, what's really, you know, the, the a bummer when some of these questions come up is to look at the sum total of knowledge. And I would, we, we record this um, occasionally in my house upstairs where I have all these books that I've read. I've read sure. just about all books. these books and no knowledge. Nothing still, yeah. you know, like having been raised through, you know, like a nice high school up through high school education, went to college and then have tried to keep up with, you know, sort of a, an autodidactic uh, path after that. Right. I know nothing. Yeah. It's hard to retain all this stuff. I, I mean, I, I there's very little. Uh, my brother is like, you know, knows a ton about history. He's a history teacher. So it's sometimes just fun to kind of give him a topic and uh -huh. just listen to it. And then like three weeks later, I'd be like, oh, I forgot it all. <laughs> but it was interesting when I heard it. The The topic I would do if I was on Drunk History, I think, that, that if I had to do a war-related one, is I would talk about the Enigma uh, oh, code, machine. code yeah, machine. That's pretty great. And how the allies uh, were able to uh, ultimately break that's that code great. and the like extreme arrogance from the Germans that were so sure that it was unbreakable that they just gave away the crown jewels for weeks and months after the Enigma got broken, not believing that. <laughs> and, and I love the parts of the story about how once they broke it, and it's a fascinating was like Turing moral. Yeah, Turing okay. was highly involved. But once they broke it, they couldn't, they didn't want to be clear that they had broken it. So they couldn't just stop oh, right. sending every ship. They had to. And so they have this like terrible kind of Sophie's choice, bad, you know, moral 
uh, quandary, which one, is you, you got to occasionally happen, right. let like a submarine blow up a ship and you know you're going to lose all this life because it was so, so valuable to them to have the Enigma broken and have the Germans not know. There used to be such a great series that was on PBS that was all about ethics. Fred Friendly, one of the guys who created 60 Minutes, used to do it. And okay. that would be like, it would be reporters from ABC, the Christian Science Monitor, um, and then like General Westmoreland from Vietnam mm-hmm. would be there and they would have like a talk about like ethics in war you know and ask a guy who i think was missing an arm like if you knew for sure you had been given orders to take a hill that was absolutely just a distraction from the actual goal would you tell any of your men would you he's like i wouldn't say a a single word to anybody and just know that a lot of these boys were going to die in a hill that was not not at all important that we take it because we had to take something else somewhere somewhere else and wanted their attention distracted yeah that those are those are tough and interesting uh questions i i will say because i talked about the enigma i will recommend everybody a great uh, my, my good friend dave hampton recommended to me this book called um the Code Book by Simon Singh. Hmm. Been out a long time now, but it's a history of uh, cryptology and cryptography, whichever one is code making, whichever one is code breaking. And it starts with like Mary Queen of Scots, and then it, it 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 gives you a type of code, and then it shows you how it got broken, and then it shows you what the new code was that came on top of that. Shows you how that got broken, and then by by like two, the middle of the book is the enigma. And when you read it, you can understand it, and it's really cool. And then after that, it gets into like quantum stuff where you can barely understand it for like a minute while you're reading it and then like the last 30 pages i'm just like i I, you're over my head my friend there's certain things in life that if it doesn't give you like a little like what in life then then you're you're lame and codes treasure (laughs) yeah heists like if if those don't excite you a little bit you're dead inside (laughs) because everything related to codes is cool like the crypto, the words crypto and yeah, cipher great. and all of that, it's just, it, that's fascinating. Like, I agree. That, that's the I mean, best. I like it as well. All right, Rush, um, back to the top, eh? Excellent. Um, so here's the situation, Rush. Assuming you had the time to learn how and time to work at it, what foods you uh, what foods would you continue to eat if you had to raise, farm, catch, kill, butcher, everything that you ended up eating? Yeah, that's a rough one because you're... You're plugging right into my long-held cognitive dissonance, right? Where mm-hmm. I I think if I were, like, having to slaughter the pigs. Yep. Um, now, if I'd grown up doing it, it'd be a lot easier. Yep. But yep. now, I think, I, you know, I like animals um, as much as the next guy, probably more. Not maybe as much as you, but mm-hmm. I, I'm a big, big fan. And I think... Um, God, I, I, you know, probably would still, like... I would I'd probably still like eat chickens. Yeah. Um, so I would I would get the eggs, you do all that and then and then, you know, be willing to like kill the chickens and, okay. and do all that. Cause I, I don't think I could make it, you know, on on a vegetarian diet. I mean yeah. I I'm sure I could. Uh, I would prefer not to. But also like you're already talking about like a, a, a shift so drastic to my life that I just hate the concept, right? That I have to spend <laughs> this time going and raising these animals and killing right. them. Oh, but yeah, I think I'm going to like probably have like a great garden and uh, chickens. Yeah. And, you know, I'm probably, it's going to be a tough moment, man. But that's the thing. It's like, if I I have a cow (laughs) and I got the cow for meat and then I'm like, all right, I'm going to kill this cow. (laughs) 
I mean, it's going to take me a long oh. time to eat my way through that cow. <laughs> it sure will. And I don't know, like, how long that stuff lasts for, but I, I mean, I'm probably not going to have the hot, really high quality, like, freezer where I can salt the beef mm-hmm. and deal with it for a while. So I'm probably not going to do that because part of me is like, look, if I, I, I don't have any problem with people killing animals to eat. If I did, I'd be a complete hypocrite, right? But I do have a problem with me killing a cow and eating, like, one one hundredth <laughs> of yeah. what yeah. should be there, which is why. I gravitate towards a chicken. Yeah. I also think I may want to kill a few pigs. I just, the, 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 the meat from a pig is just too good. And so I guess, um, even though for whatever reason, chickens to me, I'm kind of like, yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I don't they know. They kind of frustrate so, yeah, I, me. I those little things. I don't know if I would, but they seem kind of dumb and ugly. Yeah. I don't care for chickens. So maybe, too much. yeah. The turkey, you and know, yeah. like, yeah. And then, you know, you get that music <laughs> and they're running around and, you know, they're, they're not friendly. <laughs> But of course, why should they be? I mean, right. we we yeah. just slaughter them. Um, but a pig, I think I would, I think I would like be more likely to bond with the pig a little bit. Yeah, I hear you. And also, just the process of killing the pig, rough times. But uh, I think that's probably where I'd come out. How yeah. about you? Um, tons of veggies, which I kind of do already. Eggs, sure. I would still be would be absolutely fine oh, with. Yeah. I, I I don't think I I think the only living proteins that i might still do is something fish related scallops or you know or or stuff like that if oh I, yeah if i was taught and how to find you know thank you scallops. i would definitely i would live by the coast i'd probably move to maine yeah and i would i would get oysters and shuck oysters and uh and and do some fishing and stuff like that yeah because i i've 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 made lobster before from and mm. i just uh, i didn't enjoy it i didn't enjoy the uh the meat enough to like get past the 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 killing of the killing of it so but there's something about like uh like a a a trout maybe or or you know or something like that that feels like this is part of the sport of of what we have done since time began um so i think i might be okay with that but i don't really like fish that much to begin with so well that's right but you did say that you (laughs) like that pick on the salmon i mean i gotta tell you tj uh, it's incredible. You got the great knowledge, but you're a man that doesn't like to kill his own meat. That's understandable. That's understandable. And anyway, the the we're getting ready for round two, so let's head right back out there. Here we go. Next ninth pick. Let's see if it's scallops. Let's see if you're right. We'd like to thank Nick DeFort for producing, Julie Nichols for doing our music, Emily Cardamus did the artwork. You can find us at uh, or write to us at Here's the Situation Podcast at gmail.com. That is right. And if you do, uh, we will often read your suggestions. They've been kind of uh, flooding in a little bit, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, it means we're not going to be able to get to all of them. And sometimes, um, you know, we just miss a good one. But we do try to do uh, at least one an episode, uh, more or less. And uh, if you enjoy the show, uh, give us a uh, rating or a review. Uh, if we get to 255-star ratings, we'll, we'll send out a uh, bonus episode, uh, extra episode, where we do just do reader submissions. And uh, I think that's about it. Anything for forgetting, Rush? That's all for me. All right. Talk to you next time.